I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. Welcome to Reading Aloud, a podcast where Adam and I get curious about meaningful and not so meaningful topics. Meanwhile, giving you insight into what we talk about, why we talk about it, and how we talk about it. Be on the lookout for a new release of this podcast every other Thursday. All right, here we go. So today um, we've got a big topic. We're going to be talking about toxic masculinity. That is a big topic. And I would say that my belly is a little tense. Yeah, yeah. Feeling the the gravity and the weight of this topic. And I personally am excited for this conversation to see what we explore between the two of us. Yeah, I've been thinking about how this is going to go and I keep thinking that I'm going to do less talking. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> if that's actually maybe a thing. maybe with the mindset of toxic masculinity, I need to do less talking. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is an is it is kind of like the thing about this is that in general you take a little bit of a back seat to me as a part of this reparative process, which we'll talk about more. But today I really do want to hear your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just start and say, you know, I, I the, the topic has been on my mind since we decided a couple days ago that we were going to do this as a, a podcast, <clears throat> this topic of toxic masculinity as a podcast. And I've been thinking a lot about uh, the first thing that kind of popped up to my mind was, what is a definition of toxic masculinity? You know, like, how do we somewhat concisely define it? Well, because most people just hear it. It's like a term that's being right. discussed. Exactly. It's like a term. It's a, often a triggering term for a lot of different populations. Um, but we, I, I at least, I'm, there probably is one out there, um, but I at least have not heard kind of a term and, or a definition. Now, all of that prep is to say, I have no clue what a definition is, but this is the thought that came to me about it. Well, and let me just interrupt you really okay. quickly. That, and I hope it doesn't get you off track, but that in general, like the, again, these podcasts are so exciting for me because there's stuff that we often talk about. And we have talked about the toxic masculinity a lot mm -hmm. early in our relationship and not as much in the more recent past. It comes up when it comes up, but not as often. And, you know, I, the point of this is to just talk things out, not to be experts on them, but just, I'm super stoked to hear your perspective. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, I think there are several disclaimers that we, we could have given, but, um, we're choosing not to, uh, just because again, this is a conversation between the two of us and that we hope it inspires conversations elsewhere. There is one disclaimer that I would like to give, which is that I think that we'll use a lot of heteronormative terms, meaning, you know, placing individuals into male and female here. And I just want to personally express that we fully recognize the broad spectrum of uh, gender that exists within the world. And um, it's just such an important part of the diversity of our culture. And we honor that. And so hopefully we're actually able to bring those in in these conversations. But I think as this conversation continues between the two of us, I could see us falling into easily those boxes well, of I male think, and female. Yeah, I think, I think we're... 
you know, we're going to talk about it and we're going to be explicit. So we're going to end up using terms that are more um, fit into a box. And you and I have our own gender fluid expressions. Mm-hmm. So I, hopefully, I, I agree, hopefully we're going to be able to in- be inclusive in this process. So masculine and feminine is maybe the angle we'll talk about more. Right. I think it's it, it was a good primer there. You said masculinity because... This term toxic masculinity, the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about this topic is that word toxic, right? The term toxic masculinity, as I said previously, can often be triggering for people. But that's a little bit baffling to me because we can argue about what it is, but the term toxic masculinity has the word toxic in it. The example that came up for me was relationships. Like, there is a difference between relationships and unhealthy relationships. Everybody wa- wants to get rid of unhealthy right, relationships. Right, nobody <laughs> argues with you and you're like, I'm trying to get out of this unhealthy relationship. And they're like, that's a war on relationships or something like that. Nobody no, would say that. No, nobody would say that. But yet, we can't seem to separate masculinity or, you know, maybe I'll say healthy masculinity with toxic masculinity and when you say toxic masculinity it then becomes becomes a war on men a war on men which is it's a little bit baffling to me so I just want to say that like I think it's really important we're talking specifically about negative aspects of masculinity it's toxic masculinity we're not talking about masculine I mean we are talking about masculinity as a whole but like we're talking about this specific section of it well and I think it'll be interesting to see what comes up around what's what's uh, like the nature versus nurture. Yeah. So, so we, you know, the other day or a couple of weeks ago, we got an invitation and I had a couple of people say, Hey, you should check this out. It, you know, something along the lines of sacred is the new sexy. It's the title. And so, you know, I say to you, tell me your thoughts. And you had a really great answer. Do you remember about what that was? Well, what I remember feeling immediately was uh, that in looking at this kind of invite uh, that was out there, it was about um, it was about spirituality and the inclusion of spirituality in men as a way to create a more kind of like holistic um, spiritual tuned in conscious whatever words you want to use man. Because and it, and it did reference that we're you know we're in this time of uh, where men need to step up or whatever the language um, I'm very much paraphrasing here so whatever the language they were using but essentially all this stuff that like yeah yeah yeah, yeah like that's exactly. right yes exactly exactly and so I you know I think my initial reaction was that concept to me is great I I think uh, adding spiritual and a spiritual element um, and bringing in increased awareness. And, and tenderness and right. gentleness and mm-hmm. and consciousness, broadly speaking, to men, is is a is a very healthy thing. I am very much in support of that. It was the way it was, but so that was my initial thought. My second thought was the way that the ad was structured. It had this kind of very you know um, beautiful man in in you know kind of like posed. And then it had the tagline, which you just said, spiritual is the new sexy. So when I saw this phrase, spiritual is the new sexy, it really, that that was a, 
that was a trigger point for me. Um, and it kind of made me, it, it, it made me skeptical because in my opinion, a type of workshop like this has to include acknowledgement and ownership around how men, and especially spiritual leaders, have used their positions of power, spiritually centered power, to capitalize on this system of patriarchy and oppression of women. So just to name a few examples that folks listening may be aware of, Bikram, Gandhi, Yogi Bhajan, um, that's the guy who runs your... Uh, uh, the T. The T, exactly. Even Martin Luther King Jr. Um, all of these men who are spiritual leaders have pasts, and we're not going to get into those details right now, but have pasts of oppressing women or doing things towards women that were using their kind of their positions of power. So it was, unless we explore, and here's the crux, let me get right to it here, is here's the crux, is that it seemed in that language, spiritual is the new sexy, that it was avoiding the awareness of, as men kind of awaken to um, being healthier and existing in a more healthy way in this world, we really have to examine how that healthiness then relates to power. Because even if you are in a spiritual space and you have this, what is, how does a relationship to power interact with how you approach either women or um, people of the opposite sex or attraction or, um, you know, how do you interact with people? How does that power influence you? Because what we see is that even as somebody, using this example, is spiritually on a very high level, let's just say, they still have a power, still has a capacity to cultivate and bring out toxic themes of toxic masculinity within that um, individual. And so the, the, I think the tone deaf part is the word sexy, right? It's like use of the word sexy before there's actually been repair. In, and repair being like, we're actually going to allow the pendulum to swing back in the other direction, create epic amounts of healing, safety, container, um, truth, like just a lot of support and just let the pendulum swing back. And so, you know, I want to talk about this dynamic in our relationship because how it plays out in our relationship is, you know, how do you utilize your awareness of ways in which you've been taught to think, feel, and act? How do you how are you consciously approaching that in this relationship? Because for, in some respects, I'm super dominant naturally. I am like, I'm like head of the household leader. Debatable. <laughs> I'm like, look at your face because it, we do have an equality based relationship, but like, you know, you know, whatever you can bring in our Enneagram numbers. I'm an eight. I'm the challenger. You're a two. You're the helper. So it's mm. like, you know, and like, I, I and actually, we've been chastised a little bit for our relationship. You know, mm -hmm. we've had people say, oh, we know how things go in your house, or we know how things are, mm -hmm. or like, oh, that's how you all do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't take all those traditional roles. And mm -hmm. um, and so much of that is like in a, a constantly evolving process. Mm -hmm. And part of why we don't take traditional roles at the moment is because I... You know, I was, I am always inclined towards a place of power and control and domination. And mm -hmm. I like to 
own things and control things and operate things mm-hmm. and lead things. And meeting you, I actually had a chance to sit back a little bit in that, which is a little bit of the antithesis of what I was just saying. But in many ways, it's just like, this is my repair. Like you are giving me a chance to feel things in a different way, to not have to be so black and white in the way that I act. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that what you were saying just right at the baseline there is for me, my learning and my attempt at continuing to cultivate healthy masculinity within myself and within our relationship. So to me, what you said right at the end there was holding space, you know, and I think a part of healthy masculinity is this strength that um, men have and can cultivate in themselves to just help to hold and contain, like, a situation. Like, we have a very, in my opinion, um, I'm constantly working at having a very kind of big picture, all aspects view of a situation to know to to know at the right place at which to kind of voice or to support or to, you know, like interject or something so, like that. First of all, I just want to say you look really strong right now, like as you're holding. So, you know, nobody can see you, but you're like holding your arms out in this, you know, like you've got a big ball in between your hands and your arms and your shoulders mm-hmm. look really strong. It's just, yeah. it's nice to see. Oh, thank you. So, so but wait, yeah. let me, let me, yeah. let me, let me round this out. Because <laughs> Because you, you're moving on a little too quick. But like my, so, and that is a form of leadership, right? I think what toxic masculinity often teaches men is that they have to be charging ahead and at the front and in control and everything else behind their vision is behind them, right? So if you can kind of picture yeah. that, like we're I'm ahead and I see everything with a clear view and anything standing in that way, I need to push aside and belittle in a variety of forms. But really what masculinity is about is by leading with this like wide, strong embrace of the entirety and the contextual nature because you have this amazing ability to like focus in and really feel the depth of a certain situation. So you're, you have this ability to go like deep. And I think that is from my personal opinion, a feminine quality to be able to like go deep, to analyze, to like really feel the situation. And I have an ability to kind of like contain the wholeness of it. And together that creates an incredible, Um, between divine feminine and divine masculine or healthy feminine and healthy masculine creates a really amazing kind of spiral. So I want to, so I've got two thoughts again. One is that I want to talk about how this, this, this uh, global conversation has, has quieted you at times because you were recently told by a group of women that you should be speaking up more because you have an interesting perspective that could potentially heal. And, you know, I think it's, I think I've also heard, you know, I was talking with another friend of mine who has a great, powerful voice and I was like, you should be talking more. And they, you know, they're like, in light of what's going on, I feel like I want to stand back. And it's like, you are, you are thinking about about this. You're doing your very best and you're at least thinking about it. So you should be speaking up more. Yeah. And I, I think so related to like whether me or, um, you know, 
those need to speak up more who are thinking about it. It's again, it's it's the the feedback that I was getting in that group was remember this in terms of as we're healing uh, a lot of this kind of um, recent present day, but also ancient oppression that has existed between both men and women or different types of um, groups of people, uh, racial, economic divides, all of that, as we're bringing that to the surface through conversation, there is an adjustment of power there, right? And I bring this back to power. This is what this toxic masculinity is all about. It's, it's a misuse of power. It's a misuse of power. It's structures of power. So and not in a lack of awareness. Exactly. And and when and as we're making those changes, as we're shifting that power as a society, the goal is not to take power from one group of people, say white men, and just completely give it to a completely different other group of people. Because that's just a transfer of power. The, in my, again, this is my opinion, power needs to be distributed in an equal way so that groups who have a stake in whatever issue or situation or dynamic that is being discussed have an equal representation of power. That is somewhat of the fundamentals of like a democracy, right? And we talk about this a lot in politics. But like there is this fear, I think, and it's that we're just going to take all the power from one group and we're just going to transfer it to other people and that this group is saying, oh, well, when they get the power, they're just going to be as corrupt, you know? And so there's all this kind of battle back and forth. But if we can shift our thinking around, we're, we're, we're redistributing the power. And that was the point in, we need your voice as a, a, a white man who has been thinking about these things. Because when, when this reality can, is starting to create, you know, White men who have been thinking about this and recognizing this as a solution need to be part of the solution, right? We are all part of this solution, but recognizing that that's not the way it is right now. I want to get I want to get a little deeper and again back kind of coming back to our relationship because you know I asked you this question. I mean, it's so been on my mind um, that we're having this conversation this week, and I, I and so you know of course I'm paying attention to what's going on and. Um, the news and media and things that are maybe related to this, like, for example, was it Glenn Beck who just said that Trump was the last, I mean, I just heard this this week, is like the last, whatever. The last, like... Ma good man. male example. Good yeah. male yeah. example, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Like, just the last one ever. Last one. No more. No it's more. Amazing. Well, I, I, maybe we should be celebrating then. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one. <laughs> oh. So, but I want to, but you know, this morning I saw this thing that was like, you know, get, you know, it was a call like, Hey men, tell us, tell us, give us women a little insight. Like when do you not uh, feel heard or understood? And it was around like, um, an experience that a man had that he showed his vulnerability. He said, you know, he says, I, I feel like I'm expected to be strong all of the time. And it's like, after so many strong days, I break, I need mm -hmm. a break. And like, I can't hold up to this expectation. And then, and then instantly it's like it literally it's like the whole relationship can crumble in that one moment, which was his experience, his experience. And 
And that, you know, all of a sudden women see this vulnerability, this weakness or this antithesis of what they believe, whether they know know it or not, it could be subconscious, what they believe is uh, that their man is supposed to be. And then they, they, it's like unattractive. It's like these kind of subtle, like, I'm no longer really attracted to you, or I don't feel as safe with you or this or that. So I asked you, have you ever felt that from me? Like you have let down in some way and become vulnerable or just human and that that has changed and you I, I'm pretty sure you said kind of like no emotionally but I, I it made me think I was like I, I think I have done that Mm-hmm. I forget what I said, and I. Well, was... you said that you you said when it's emotional stuff, I'm really open to you. Like you know, you can cry and you can uh, be sad. Like emotionally, I'm really open to it. But maybe that it's uh, around like safety or physical safety or something else like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. Um, hmm. I think there is kind of two parts to that. I think like. You know, there is there is moments when if I feel, oh, this is what it was. It was an internal, external thing. So if I'm sharing emotion, and emotion's the wrong word here, but it's more like vulnerability. If I'm sharing vulnerability with you from an internal state, like I'm feeling sad or like, you know, this happened and I'm feeling down about it or depressed, there seems to be... Um, a lot, you know, there's a lot of sympathy there. There's support. There's an uplifting. There's a there's a space holding for that. But if it's that same vulnerability about an external situation, so this is happening out in the world, I'm now really scared. I'm really fearful or I'm really vulnerable in this thing about this external context that that Give is... Give an example. Hmm. Good example. Like, um, like... Like you, like you use the example of directions. Like if we're out of the country and you don't know what direction to go, that I can get this feeling of insecurity. Like, oh, I was expecting you to know where we were going. And then all of a sudden it's like, you let me down. Right. And that responsibility is like on me and I, I can't show weakness in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Does it ever happen the other way around? Hmm. Like where, like, or am I just free to do whatever I want? I feel pretty free. <laughs> Like, what's your question? Are you free to... Well, like, does it, it, did the tables turn? Like, is there a way, is there a time when I... Well, you know what's funny about this? Fall out of step of you know my role, my traditional You role. know what's funny about this? And I don't, I haven't thought about that actually, like, between us. But when you say that, and I'm thinking about this in context, like, if it's an external situation, like, we're lost... Or where, um, you know, there's a strange knock at the door. Like, imagine this. There's yeah. a strange knock at the door. And, and, and I say, I say, I don't know what to do. And <laughs> no. you, say, you say, I'm going answering the door, right? <laughs> no. Like, what is that? Anyway, but let's no. use, let's use like directions. Like, we're lost. And I'm, I'm this like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. But then, you know, oftentimes when women take charge in those moments of vulnerability, men get upset, right? Mm-hmm. We get real defensive mm-hmm. and we get upset in those moments because it's like a, it's like a hit at our, like there is some, there is something mm-hmm. at play there where I'm we, I'm pretty sure that happened this morning. You were going to go make breakfast and I was like, make, make the pancakes thick. I know, make the pancakes thin. And you were, <laughs> and you were like, excuse me. I've got this. <laughs> I mean, you were like, you no, you didn't even say that. That would have been nice. You'd go, <laughs> 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 you, 
me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible example, but, uh, you know, you don't want to be told what to do. Or I'm wondering, is this play into the same theme? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it does, to, you know, on a much, much, much smaller level, but it does, you know, and... Um, it's, it's a fine, it's, for me, it's just a fine balance, um, because there is, there are aspects of masculinity and, 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 uh, and feminine that are, I think it's good to appreciate the differences that they bring to the table, right? in my opinion, like, you can't always say, well, the other can be that, well, that can be that, well, you can, it's, I don't believe that everything is just completely, like, in terms of the healthy aspects of these things, that it is completely this, and, you know, for, even for those on, as, like, gender fluid, I feel like they gravitate towards different aspects of, you know, how they feel, and, who they truly are in their body, even though maybe they were conditioned in a young age at a different way. So, like, there is, there is goodness in those differences, but it is an unhealthy use of those differences that really brings kind of conflict and uh, a lack of, of respect and honor and recognition for those differences in the other person. Yeah, I'm re I really, you know, I appreciate the conversations that are going around from both sides. I feel like I've also seen a little bit of an uptick on how um, conditioned feminine traits have become unhealthy and just a dialogue, you know, the, the dialogue that I referenced earlier. There's a conversation, an invitation to share and a conversation um, and and you know, I appreciate the conversation. I, I wonder, do you feel like we've gotten what we need to get out of this conversation? I feel like, I, I do. I, I feel like this has been, like, these are really complex um, issues. And I appreciate just, you know, these are ongoing conversations. And I appreciate just opening this up with you. And I think this is something we can probably touch back in on in a, in a later episode and just kind of, uh, talk about, like, if we're more aware of it, like, ways in which we can maybe give it some examples, because one thing is, we're not perfect, like, I, 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 definitely not. I'm pretty not. sure you're perfect. No, definitely yes, not. Yes, I'm pretty sure that, that well, uh, let me just feel no. this, what I feel. SMH. <laughs> Shaking my head. Um, I, I just want to say, I really appreciate the thought that you put into this. I mean, it, it is so so beneficial to me personally that you just the the way that you think about this it is like I mean you you explain things to me not only do you create space for me to do to heal from just the just being out in the world under these conditions whether I've been um, severely oppressed or not um, it doesn't matter any amount of it feels terrible it's a part of our system and society it feels really good that you take a different approach. I feel very, very fortunate of that. And which is sad that I have to feel lucky. And, um, I, <laughs> sorry, just means a lot. <laughs> so anyways, I just, <laughs> I just really appreciate it. And I appreciate your voice. And thanks for taking on this topic. Mm. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for all that, all the wisdom that, that you 
just provide me and provide the world and provide this relationship. I think part of this is constantly being open to learning. And um, I learned so much from you. So thanks for bringing on this topic too because it's not easy on both fronts. And I appreciate the humor that we had in it as well. Yeah. And the easiness <clears throat> about the conversation. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> thanks for tuning in and um, discuss it with your friends. Yes, and go your out partners. there. Exactly. Discuss it with, discuss it in your own community. See what thoughts and um, reach out to us and and tell Please us do. tell us what what you think about this topic or ideas that you have because we know, as we said, we are not experts. This is just a conversation between a married couple, and we also have a lot to learn about these uh really complex societal issues so yeah thanks and for we're tuning open in. to talking about it more so all right blessings thanks for tuning in and listening as we discuss what is meaningful and curious to us and don't forget to rate review and share with your friends bye, bye.